Hey guys, welcome into the Flex Spot Podcast, episode 15. We got some mid-season surprises and predictions for you guys later on in the show. Can't wait to get to that stuff. And before we get started, as always, I'm with my buddy KJ. How you doing, KJ? Hey guys, what's up? I'm good, Cody. I'm good. You know, it's a Wednesday and middle of the week. Couple more days until the weekend where we have our Friendsgiving, our annual Friendsgiving. Can't wait to make my homemade mashed potatoes yearly tradition. Other than that, going as normal, you know, making moves in my Dynasty League, trying to see uh, how I can rearrange my rosters to keep going forward with the positive seasons I've had. But other than that, it's good. How about you? Yeah, same here. Getting ready for... Friendsgiving this weekend should be a fun time. It always is. So excited for that and getting ready for the fantasy uh, playoff push coming up here. We're halfway through the regular football season, so you got to get geared up for the end of the fantasy regular season. And we are here to help you guys with exactly that. So like I said before, this week we have midseason surprises and a couple predictions for you guys tonight. And also before we get uh, started here we have another review from apple podcast to read this one coming from lb32g and they said love to listen in on the latest news within football with these guys very knowledgeable and passionate about it so thank you very much for the review lb32g and we hope you continue to listen and thanks again for the five star rating we're trying to give you guys the best stuff every week, right, KJ? The uh, news and the info to get you in the top 10 of those 10-team leagues. And it's about that time to get you in that top 10 of the top 10, you know, that playoff push going. That's right. So uh, to reach us on social media, you can find me on Twitter at Master Smithers. Where can they find you at? You can find me at khepner 55 on Twitter. And you can follow Flexbot Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Flexbot Podcast on all of the social media platforms. You can also check out the blog, flexspotpod.com. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash theflexspot. $5 a month will get you exclusive members-only content. And with that, we'll go ahead and move into the Fantasy Five, the five pieces of fantasy news you need to know for the upcoming week. And we'll start with the absolutely decimated San Francisco 49ers. Uh, not a good week for them again last week. San Francisco tight end George Kittle expected to miss multiple weeks, maybe even the rest of the season with a foot injury. Jimmy Garoppolo also out with an ankle injury. He uh, sustained it earlier this season, came back maybe a little bit too early, re-aggravated it, and now he is out again. So with this news, KJ, who can you trust in the San Francisco offense for the rest of the fantasy season? Man, you're right. They are banged up this year on offense. Truthfully, it's hard to say. There's not many people left that was on the original original starting team but if i had a look i don't want to dig into him too much because that's part of our thursday night breakdown brandon iu comes to mind and jared mckinnon are two guys that i wouldn't mind taking off that team and putting on my roster as a starter yeah i think jordan reed who will be coming in to take over for george kittle in that tight end spot he'll be coming off ir this week so he's an option i think uh matchup dependent at least 
uh, going forward. And yeah, like you said, we're going to touch on some guys, uh, Jamichael Hasty, Jarek McKinnon, Brandon Ayuk, those kind of guys. We'll touch on them here coming up in our preview. Another interesting thing I read, Kendrick Bourne of the 49ers, he uh, placed on the COVID list today. So he is not going to be available for the game this Thursday night. And due to that, he was, and now that he is out, the 49ers will not have a single offensive player who touched the ball in the game on Thursday that played in the NFC Championship game last year. So, wow, truly decimated offense, just missing a ton of pieces. It's crazy, and it's, it's kind of showing for the 49ers right now. They're having a tough time moving along here in a tough division. So our second piece of news, the NFL has suspended Chicago wide receiver Javon Wims two games for, quote, violation of unsportsmanlike conduct rules after he punched the Saints defensive back C.J. Gardner-Johnson last week. So what do you think about this suspension, KJ? Is it warranted? And do you think it's going to have an impact on any Chicago wide receivers? I think it was warranted. I saw the video of it, and he <laughs> I mean, he couldn't miss the punch. <laughs> he literally went up to him and like grabbed his shoulder and smacked him right in the helmet. But there was a clip of him in the beginning of the game giving him a nice jab underneath the shoulder pads. For no reason. I don't know. I didn't see the rest of the clip. I couldn't tell if there was a reason. Yeah, he definitely gave him two punches that they have on camera. So that's definitely warranted um, for the Saints. DB, I'm kind of thinking he should have got thrown out too for yanking on the the mouthpiece, pulling that out. Apparently spit on him. I mean, you got to kind of discipline both sides there, you know. Something got agitated. Something agitated whims. But as for impacting Chicago wide receivers i don't think not so much at all um they still have their main core guys alan robinson darnell mooney and anthony miller so i don't think that's really going to affect the chicago bears anyways yeah i don't think there'll be much impact either i think darnell mooney and anthony miller may see a little bump with whims off the field but other than that i don't think there's going to be a ton of change in this offense Nick Foles is still throwing the ball, and he still has been struggling lately. I think it's going to be, between Mooney and Miller, they're going to be matchup-dependent guys. You're probably only going to be able to play one or the other in a good matchup. We'll see going forward. They have a good matchup this weekend. I would probably play them, or at least one of them, this week against Tennessee, the 31st-ranked team against opposing wide receivers. But And if I had to lean one way, it would be Darnell Mooney. I think he's very promising looking rookie coming in here. So yeah, I, I don't see a ton of impact here, but I think some of these guys may get a few extra looks and they'll be matchup plays. Yeah. Like you said, between Mooney and Miller, I'd go with Mooney as well. I mean, the only real big difference between those two guys is 40 yards receiving. And I think Miller has one extra reception. So it's, it's pretty even between the two. It's just, it's going to be a deep flex options for those two guys. So our third piece of news this week, Jacksonville Jaguars are expected to start sixth-round rookie Jake Lutton at quarterback in place of Gardner Minshew this week. Minshew reportedly has multiple fractures in his thumb. So another quarterback going down. We talked a little bit about Jimmy G earlier. What impact does it have on the Jacksonville offense to not have Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew was a good quarterback. He he really brought that team up. I think it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt the wide receivers more than the running backs, I think, uh, Robinson might actually come out of it okay, even maybe even a little better, get more work uh, just for a younger quarterback like Jake coming onto the field. I, I don't know much about Jake. I don't know if you do, but it's hard to see 
a rookie being thrown in there like that. But hey, look at Joe Burrow. He's going good, but he was picked <laughs> in the first round, first overall. So big difference. Yeah, this is kind of an identical situation to the Jaguars. Very, uh, the very same team last year, Jacksonville. They get off to a rough start with Nick Foles. Well, I think Nick Foles got injured, actually. And they throw sixth round rookie Gardner Minshew right in there to take over. So this is the same exact situation. I'm hoping that Lutton can be good enough to keep the defensive pressure off of James Robinson. I feel like if he kind of comes in and sucks or isn't very good, that defenses could kind of start keying in on James Robinson since he's having such a good season that he might lose some value there maybe if if defensive start are able to lock in on just him kind of like what we saw with Zeke here the last couple of weeks you know Dak Prescott goes down all of a sudden they can't throw the ball and now defenses are keying in on Zeke and he's been really struggling so I'm a little bit worried that the same thing could happen with Robinson we'll keep an eye on it hopefully passing game stays fluid in Jacksonville I'm going to be a little cautious to get started with the wide receivers in Jacksonville. DJ Chart, he's the best one of the bunch, but I don't think I'd play any of them this week just because we don't truly know what we're going to get out of this new quarterback. So our fourth piece of news tonight, Green Bay Packers running back A.J. Dillon has tested positive for COVID-19. Running back Jamal Williams, who is considered to have been in close contact with A.J. Dillon, you know, was considered maybe he'll miss, maybe he won't, but now he will be out because he was in close contact with Dillon. And Aaron Jones is battling a calf injury in this backfield. So all of a sudden, Green Bay Packers have no running backs. So what are you doing if you have one of these guys or can you look at these super deep options that they have in Tyler Irvin or Dexter Williams? Honestly, I'd go looking somewhere else. Um, It's very rare to see the whole freaking offense dynamic being wiped out in one week like that. That's crazy. No, I'd, I'd go looking for somewhere else. So you don't know what these guys can do. And you might be able to pick up someone that's at least a starter, maybe like, Adrian Peterson's out there that starts for Detroit that you can plug in there until you see what these guys do. But I would look elsewhere for a running back. I wouldn't go I wouldn't go there to Green Bay, especially against the 49ers D. Yeah, I don't have any interest in Irvin or Dexter Williams this week. And I, you got to play Aaron Jones if he plays. I think you got to play him in that situation. But I think the Packers might be careful with Aaron Jones. You can't really put into jeopardy one of your best players pieces of your offense here when you're trying to make a playoff push and have a team that can contend in the NFC playoffs. So I could see them taking it easy, giving Aaron Jones a week off, especially on a short week. They're playing on Thursday night, so I can't trust these guys. If Aaron Jones does happen to play, I would play him. But if not, I got to look somewhere else. All right. And our last piece of news, the Detroit Lions hosted Mohamed Sanu for a workout. The team lost Kenny Galladay this week with a hip injury. It's still up in the air as to how long Galladay could miss with this injury. In this case, is Mohamed Sanu somebody that we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, for two reasons, all right? Even if he doesn't go to Detroit to be on their team to replace Kenny Galladay, he's on the 49ers right now, and we've just talked about how bad their wide receiver core is taking a hit. So definitely take a look at him. Keep him in your radar. If you have a spot that's available, I'd kind of put him on your bench, grab him before other people, and see what he does. If it doesn't hurt you, then put him on your bench. Yeah, I personally think Sanu has seen better days as a wide receiver. But, I mean, at at this point, if he's signed, you got to at least keep an eye on him. I'm not saying pick him up. I'm not saying play him. But 
I'd at least keep an eye on him in an offense with Matt Stafford and the ability to to have a really good passing attack with with Matt Stafford at quarterback. I think it's worth looking at. The thing that that makes me really think about this potential move if they were to sign Sanu, it really makes me think that this Kenny Galladay injury is actually quite serious because I don't think they bring in a guy if Galladay is only going to miss one game or two games. I think the only reason they'd bring somebody in is if he's going to be out long term. So it makes me a little nervous that they brought Sanu in for a workout and I'm going to keep an eye on if they sign him. And I feel like if they do, it could potentially mean that you're going to be without Kelly, Kenny Galladay for quite some time. So with that, we'll go ahead and move into our games of the week and we'll start with our Thursday night breakdown. Like we always do this week is the green Bay Packers at five and two traveling to the San Francisco 49ers who are four and four, both teams coming in off of a loss. The Packers, lost to the Vikings 28 to 22 on Sunday, the 49ers lost to the Seahawks 37 to 27 on Sunday. So start breaking down these teams by position and at quarterback Aaron Rodgers definitely I think is uh, worth a start and then CJ Mull or uh, sorry, Nick Mullins or CJ Beathard, whoever the uh 49ers decide to go with, I don't think has any appeal to me. What do you think KJ? Well, if you're bringing up two possible starting quarterbacks, I don't think that's a good chance that they're going to start for your team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Mullins. He came in in relief of Garoppolo last week, so I think he'll be the guy. But yeah, I, I definitely have no interest in playing him, <laughs> especially against uh, the Packers have a relatively good defense so out on Mullins and I'd be in on Aaron Rodgers so at running back we kind of just broke down the Packers so we can kind of go pretty quick through this if Aaron Jones plays you got to play him if not Jamal Williams AJ Dillon both out Tyler Irvin and Dexter Williams would split the work and I am out on both of them as well any uh difference in opinion there no we like like you said we talked about it earlier and that was pretty much the same way I'd go all right, so we'll go to the 49ers. What do you got here, KJ? Raheem Oster is out. Tevin Coleman is out as well with uh, his knee. And so now you're down to McKinnon and Hasty. Personally, I'd pick McKinnon. He did pretty well filling in for Mostert. Green Bay has a solid D, but luckily for McKinnon, he's involved both in the passing and rushing. So that's that's where I would look to. I did have him on my team for a couple weeks when he was filling in. He did great. So we'll see uh, how involved he is how involved he gets with the rushing game. I know the past two games was a little rough, but between him and hasty, it might look good for him, especially with the wide receiver core on the 49ers, not doing so hot. Yeah. I honestly think you can play both these guys. I think McKinnon and hasty. I feel like Hasty's going to get the majority of the carries. McKinnon's going to get the majority of the work in the passing game, but you look at the way green Bay has played against opposing running backs this season, and it is terrible. You saw what, Dalvin Cook did to them just last week. He had like 50 fantasy points in that game. The Green Bay Packers have allowed 10 rushing touchdowns in seven games this year. And like I I mentioned, Cook last week was just absolutely insane. So they're coming in here on a short week, Thursday night game. In that situation between Sunday and Thursday, you don't have a ton of time to practice and to fix what may have gone wrong on Sunday against Cook and the Vikings. So I feel like with limited practice time, limited time to kind of look ahead into this matchup, I think the 49ers run game could give these guys trouble on Thursday night. And if that's the case, I'd be willing to start both McKinnon and Hasty. All right, so Packers, wide receivers, Devontae Adams, obvious must start. 
Alan Lazard, potential return this week off the IR. Would you play him? As a potential return, I... Man, this is tough. Why are you giving me the tough ones? Since he's <laughs> returned, I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't because um, it could just easily happen again being hurt. If the running backs aren't there, you're going to see a lot of throwing coming from Rodgers. I would, I would wait day-to-day. If he does start, go for it. I mean, these are deep flex guys. So if you need them for bye weeks, put them in. Yeah, we're about 24 hours out from that game now, and Lazard still hasn't been activated from the IR. They're expecting him to be activated and to maybe come back. I'm with you here, I think, in a first game back. I don't think he's played since week three, if I remember correctly. So Lazard, to me, I'm not putting him out there this week. The 49ers have the 11th best defense against opposing wide receivers this season. So I'm going to pass on Lazard and hope it doesn't come back to bite me because the last time we saw him was against New Orleans Saints where he caught like six passes for nearly 170 yards. So yeah, Lazard is a pass for me. And then Marquez Valdez, Scantling, or any others are a pass for me as well. I don't see them having any kind of uh, impact, especially if Lazard comes back. Yeah, I mean, in the beginning of the season, I definitely like Valdez. But, you know, he hasn't been doing too well, so I, I'd go with a pass as well on him too. Only four receptions with 51 yards in the last three games. So not looking good for him right now compared to what he showed in the beginning. All right, so moving on to San Francisco, we mentioned Debo – oh, sorry, we mentioned Kendrick Bourne out, COVID, or I believe he was placed on the COVID list. So he is out. Debo Samuel is out with an injury, so Brandon Ayuk is about all they have. So does that make him a must-start? Yes, I would. He's been doing pretty good. And for being the only guy that's been a consistent wide receiver on that team right now, he knows the playbook, and he just has to link up with the new quarterback coming in, whoever that is. <laughs> but, no, I'd start him. I'd have him in as a flex. I wouldn't, It wouldn't be like my number one starting wide receiver, but definitely flex option. Yep, I'm right on the same page. He's the only guy they got, so I think he is worth a low-end play this week. He's not a super exciting option because we don't know what, you know, he's a rookie. He's going to be with a quarterback that he hasn't seen much time with before. So the potential is there to produce. We've seen him produce quite a bit this week. He had a big week last week, or sorry, quite a bit this year. He had a big week last week. So yeah, I think Ayuk is worth a play. It's one that I'm not super excited about. I like him. I like Ayuk as a player. I think he can produce in this game. So let's hit the Green Bay tight end, and that's Robert Tunyon. What are your thoughts here, KJ? He had one really nice week with Devontae Adams out a few weeks ago, and I think he had a couple other weeks where he had a touchdown. So Robert Tunyon, what do you think? Yeah, he, he's a, he throws a curveball to me because the first three games he went off. He was getting over 20 points uh, in fantasy value as a tight end. That's pretty crazy. Um, right now... He would be considered a starter in deeper leagues, but his real fantasy value would come from the touchdowns. Now, if Lazard is out, he's definitely a better look for a tight end to start this week. I mean, he he would be one of the guys out there catching the ball with Devontae Adams, and MVS hasn't been doing work, so he's a good look for Aaron Rodgers, especially if uh, Lazard is not in. Yeah, I agree. I think if Lazard's not playing, that's the only way I would play Tunyon, so... That's kind of where I lean. Um, I'm going to keep my eye on that and see how that shakes down. Obviously, Lazard didn't play last week, 
and Tunyon had five catches for 79 yards. San Francisco is pretty good against the tight end, but I think if Lazard is out, then I'm going to play him. If Lazard is in, I'm going to bench Tunyon. I do have a little bit of breaking news here. Since we came on the podcast, I this is five minutes ago, I got an alert, and the 49ers have uh, considered Brandon Ayuk, among other players like Debo Samuel and left tackle Trent Williams, as being high-risk, close contact to Kendrick Bourne. So they're all out for tomorrow's game. Oof. So Ayuk, we, we just talked about Ayuk, but he will be out for Thursday night football. And now that leaves, God, who does that even leave for the 49ers to even catch the ball? Run far away from that team. Don't even look at them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the, the options are going to be slim there. But before we, I'll, I'll try to look up who they might even have, but... For now, Jordan Reed, we ju- we're just about to get to the tight ends. Jordan Reed coming in off the IR with George Kittle going down. Jordan Reed, potential to come back this week. He, you got to think that he might be worth a look here now with literally no other options on the team, right? Yeah, and plus those two running backs, man. You know how he likes the coach likes to do? He likes to get those two running backs out there and get ca- get passes. So, hey, both of those, McKinnon and Hasty. They might look pretty good right now. Yeah, absolutely. So it looks like looking here at what I have, Trent Taylor, Juwan Jennings, and Richie James would be guys, uh, the top three wide receiver options for San Francisco this week. So yeah, I think you got to go elsewhere this week with with, uh, a backup quarterback, literally no wide receiver weapons uh, for San Francisco this week. So with that, let's hit up our games of the week. What game do you have for us this week, KJ, as your game of the week? I picked the Panthers versus the Chiefs Sunday at 1. I like this game because McCaffrey is supposed to make an appearance finally after we've been all waiting again to see him play. And I I really want to see how they're going to use him and Mike Davis. I got a bunch of of my friends saying them, oh, Mike Davis, they're going to have to split with him because he's been doing so well. Well, I truly think this is McCaffrey's team. So I want to see and prove them wrong, prove them that I'm right, that this is McCaffrey's team, and he'll begin majority of the touches like he always does. And plus, it's always exciting to see the Chiefs play. I mean, they have Le'Veon Bell now, so I'm excited to see how his involvement increases week to week. Plus, their wide receiver core is crazy, phenomenal, amazing to watch. So can't go wrong with this game. Yeah, that's a very exciting game, Hebner. That's a good pick. I The return of Christian McCaffrey is going to be big. See how he's used and all that stuff. And then, yeah, it's the Chiefs. I mean, what else can you ask for if you're watching a football game? That offense is so fun to watch. The way they use Tyreek Hill, the way that Patrick Mahomes is able to sling the ball all over the field. They're just a fun team to watch in general. So what else can you ask for from a football game? Not much. So my game of the week this week, I am going with the Seattle Seahawks at the Buffalo Bills Sunday at 1 o'clock. And this is a big game for both of these teams. Can Seattle travel to the East Coast this weekend and play in a one o'clock game and be as productive as they've been all season? I guess we're going to find out. I'm excited with Josh Allen. He gets to face a very vulnerable defense in Seattle. I mean, the Seahawks are 31st in the league against opposing quarterbacks. They've allowed quarterbacks to pass for multiple touchdowns in five of seven games this year. San Francisco, we just mentioned their offense. Last week, they had two passing touchdowns and 322 passing yards against Seattle. I can only imagine what Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and 
Cole Beasley and maybe John Brown, if he's back, can have the potential to do against this Seattle secondary. It could be a huge fantasy game for the Buffalo offense. I'm also intrigued to see the running game here with Buffalo. Zach Moss last week had double the amount of fantasy points of Devin Singletary. So is his role going to continue to expand? Is he going to continue to have great fantasy value going forward for this Buffalo offense? Once again, we're going to have to wait to see, and I'm definitely excited to see what could happen. And then on the other side of the ball, mentioned Russell Wilson, QB1 on the season in fantasy. What is he going to be able to do against the Buffalo defense that's mid-pack right now, 16th against opposing quarterbacks? Another potential return here, Chris Carson. He took a week off last week. He may be back. If he's not, who's going to carry the load in that Seattle offense? I know DJ Dallas had a big week last week replacing all the injured running backs on Seattle, but a lot of storylines here to follow, and I'm definitely going to be very excited to keep an eye on this game Sunday. Yeah, great game you picked. I want to see uh, if Josh Allen can come back after the two-game streak he had of not doing so hot, but hey, with this Seattle's defense like you're talking up, he can do some work. Yeah, I think there can definitely be a bounce back this week. So moving to our main content tonight, guys, and that is surprises, I guess, from the first eight weeks, predictions for the next eight weeks of the season here. What we're going to do for you guys is we're going to take a look at the top 12 at each position. We're going to go through who has the most total points scored at each position, and then we're going to break down each of us are going to pick a surprise, and then each of us are going to make a quick prediction. So... With that, we'll just go ahead and jump right into quarterbacks. Looking at the top 12 through the first eight weeks of the season, at number one, we got Russell Wilson. Two is Patrick Mahomes. QB three is Kyler Murray. Four, Josh Allen. Five is Tom Brady. Six is Aaron Rodgers. Seven is Ryan Tannehill. Eight is Deshaun Watson. Nine is Justin Herbert. Ten is Carson Wentz. Eleven is Matt Ryan. And 12 is is Joe Burrow. So, KJ, with those 12 guys, what is your surprise out of these quarterbacks? Well, I have a couple surprises. My first one would be Herbert here. He didn't even start this year as the starting quarterback for the Chargers, and he's coming in and he's already ninth. That's that's crazy. That blows my mind. He's doing work as a rookie coming in, taking over. Matt Ryan, he's definitely lower than I expected, so that surprises me there. Definitely had him in my top five. And then Joe Burrow is my third one. He is doing work coming in as a first overall pick and showing what he can do with a mediocre offensive team. I would even say less than mediocre offense. And they don't really have the wide receivers that they had before last year. So it, that surprised me that Joe Burrow, and it shows that he has the talent to push a team above what they have been doing in the past couple of years with Andy Dalton there. So I like that. Yeah, the two rookies in the top 10, definitely shocking to me. I didn't expect them to get off to a terrible start, but I didn't really expect Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert to come into the league and just do what they've been able to do here the first couple weeks of the season here, the first half of the season. We'll move into my surprise for the quarterbacks, and mine's going to be a quarterback that's not in the top 12, and it's Lamar Jackson. This is a guy that was drafted as the number one or number two quarterback off the board in fantasy drafts this year, and he's currently the QB 14 in total points scored on the year. And I hate to say it, but he kind of stinks. I mean, he only (laughs) has has one game where he's thrown for over 210 passing yards, and that's just not going to get it done for fantasy, even if you do use your legs as much as Lamar 
typically does or did in the past. He just can't get anything going in this this offense. He's I don't know if other teams have figured him out or, or what the problem is, but he just doesn't look very good. And it's definitely a surprise for him to be outside the top 12. Yeah, it seems like that team just need a needs to put more weapons around him, especially in the passing game. He, I think you're right. I think uh, teams are catching on what he's been doing. It kind of sucks because we both had him. Yeah, you had him what number one? And I I think I had him at two behind Mahomes. And I think I had him at two behind Wilson. So, I mean, it's crazy not to see him up there at all. And I agree with that. Like they need to put some people around him to get his points up for fantasy. All right, so what do you got for a prediction for us for this quarterback group? Predictions? I have Drew Brees coming in. I think he can easily hit this top 10 by the end of the season. Right now, he's ranked 16th QB. The main the main reason I think he's down there and not in the top 12 right now is because he's been missing his number one wide receiver, Michael Thomas, since week one. So last year, Drew Brees missed some time, right? So out of the 10 games that Drew Brees play. Eight out of the ten that he played with Michael Thomas last year, Michael Thomas had over 100 yards per game. This year, Michael Thomas being out, he's only had two games out of the eight that they played so far, having one guy, whether it was a running back or a wide receiver, over 100 yards in the passing game. So that's a big difference right there. Big difference. So I think once Michael Thomas gets back and he gets on the field as a high-caliber weapon, that'll definitely help out Drew Brees. And I think he'll be able to easily crawl into the top 10 with him on the field healthy. Yeah, there's some potential here for that, KJ. He's faces Atlanta twice yet this year. He Minnesota also on the schedule, Philadelphia on the schedule, all teams that you can take advantage of through the air, through passing. So definitely potential there for Drew Brees. I'm going to stick with somebody that is in the uh Top 12, and KJ mentioned him, it's Justin Herbert. Unfortunately, there's not really a lot of guys ahead of Herbert that I feel like are going to fall down, but Herbert currently at nine, so I'm going to go with a prediction of Herbert to finish top eight. He's already had a bye. He didn't play in week one, so he's two games behind some of these quarterbacks and still the ninth most points this season. I mentioned Lamar Jackson earlier as my surprise, and only having one game of over 210 passing yards. Herbert has not had a game this year where he's thrown for less than 264 passing yards. So every game, passing-wise for Herbert, has been better than what you're getting from Lamar Jackson. In the last four games, Herbert has 13 passing touchdowns, and his upcoming schedule includes Miami, the New York Jets, and the Atlanta Falcons, all teams that I feel like can be taken advantage of through the air. So Herbert as a top eight, I think it's a lock. And if you're going to ask me who I think he's going to replace or who he's going to pass, I think it's going to be Ryan Tannehill. I just don't see Tannehill necessarily staying up there in that top eight. So I think that's the guy he ends up passing and replacing in that top eight. No, I, I like that pick a lot. And we, me and you were talking about this before we started recording Definitely that top eight spot. It's it's going to be tough for him to reach, but I think he can do with the schedule that you were saying. He's been on a roll right now, and with the the easier schedule coming up with these pass friendly defenses, he he definitely has it to make the top ten. Let alone, well, he's in the top ten, but let alone stay in the top eight. 
All right, so we'll go ahead and move to running backs. The top 12 in points scored so far this season. Number one is Alvin Kamara. Number two, Dalvin Cook. Number three, Derek Henry. Number four, Zeke Elliott. Number five, James Robinson. Six, Kareem Hunt. Seven, Todd Gurley. Eight, Mike Davis. Nine, Aaron Jones. Ten, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Eleven, Josh Jacobs. And twelve, James Conner. So out of all those guys, KJ, or or somebody that's outside that you, you want to talk about, what is your surprise? My surprise is James Robinson. Coming in this year, I didn't even think Robinson was going to hit the field too much. Um, once they traded Leonard Fournette away, it was still like up in there. And for that kind of offense, he's been doing pretty well. And he's been making the best of his opportunities. And it's just crazy to see a Jaguars running back in the top five right now if it wasn't Fournette. So I, I think that's crazy. I just uh, I don't see him staying up there much, <laughs> much longer. Yeah, James Robinson, I actually had him as a potential guy to talk about as well. He has come out of nowhere, and he's a guy I took a few flyers on come draft day. I grabbed him in the last round of a couple drafts just because it was shortly after the Jags dropped Fournette, and they were talked about how the reason they dropped Fournette is because they thought they could get production out of James Robinson, and that production has come true because, honestly, I think if the Jaguars stuck with Leonard Fournette, I don't think he would be a top-five running back right now. And here we are with James Robinson being a real threat in the past game, as well as carrying the ball a ton for the Jacksonville offense. I think he can stay up there, so definitely in a surprise, no doubt, that, that James Robinson is up there in the top 12, let alone the top five. So my surprise so far is I, I went general here, and I'm going with injuries. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, both top two running backs that went off the board, both down with an injury, both missed significant amounts of time, both outside the top 12. It, the top 12 just isn't quite what we expected it to be because of that. And you look at those two guys and then add Nick Chubb. He's missed a chunk of time as well. He's a guy that had potential to be a top 12 guy. Austin Eckler, another guy that's missed a ton of time that some people had in their top 12 for some reason prior to the season. But, <laughs> but you look at these top level running backs that have gone down our preseason rankings. You can bundle them up and throw them out the window because there's so many guys that just have been hurt and haven't been able to contribute to their teams. And I'm going to go ahead and throw Zeke in there as well. And not because of his injury, but because of Dak's injury, he just hasn't been the same guy since Dak has gone down. So, you know, all these guys <laughs> getting injured or, or struggling with injuries on their team has definitely been a surprise. And it's definitely shaken up all the running back rankings. Oh yeah, no doubt. It's, it's, it's funny to see who's up here now and Hey, now you know who can actually play and have depth for next year when these guys come back healthy. So what do you got as your prediction for running backs? We talked about him, McCaffrey. Uh, you know, even though he's been hurt and only played, what, two games, I believe, he'll poke his head back into the top 12 by the end of the season, um, if not the top 10. I estimate him at 170 fantasy points right now if he would be healthy, okay? And the way I did this was Mike Davis right now. Mike Davis was his backup, has 119 fantasy points, okay? Before McCaffrey left, McCaffrey had 53, all right? So if you add those two together, it's 
it's a little over 170, but I, I want to be safe. 170. So right now he would literally be in second for fantasy points for a running back. So that's why I say he can make up the ground with the remaining games he has left in the season, and he can get in that top 12, not even the top 10. Yeah, I think that one's a little bold out there, KJ. I mean, he's missed a ton of time. He is a running back 44 currently, but I don't know. I If anybody can do it, it's McCaffrey. Obviously, he's the best running back in the league, so if anybody can do it, it is him. And I wouldn't be super surprised, I guess, but he would have to put a heck of a stretch together here over the second half to get to top 12. I mean, he could probably do it just getting roughly 20 points per game catching up to people and making that top 12 so we'll see we'll see it is pretty bold but i think he has the talent the raw talent to do it especially if uh it's his team like i've been saying all right and for my prediction i'm gonna go outside the top 12 and pick a guy that i think is gonna get in and that's gonna be david montgomery he's currently the running back 14 i think he'll get to at least the top 12 by the end of the season he just has so much opportunity in that offense. He's always getting touches. He hasn't had a game this year with less than 10 carries. He had 21 carries last week against New Orleans Saints. That was a season high. So, yeah, I think the opportunity is there. He can stay healthy. He's got matchups against Minnesota, Houston. Actually, Minnesota twice, Houston, Jacksonville, all on the schedule. So I think David Montgomery... I think he can get in there because we read some names of guys that could fall out. We're talking Mike Davis. I think he falls out of the top 12. We're talking Clyde Edwards Hilaire with Le'Veon Bell in the fold there in Kansas City. I think he drops out. So there's going to be room for Montgomery to get in there. So I think he'll be a top 12 running back by the end of the season. Yeah, that's a good look. He's very consistent running back with his fantasy points. He's probably averaging around 12, maybe 13 points per game so far this year. So that's not a bad look for a running back. You want that consistency every week. It's just we need more uh, TDs from him. He's only had one this year. Yeah, only one rushing and one receiving for Montgomery this year. And you're right, he is averaging 13.2 fantasy points a week. So I feel like if he can keep that up and throw in a couple extra touchdowns, I think he'll be top 12, no doubt. All right, so we'll go to wide receiver here and read the top 12 in points, and that is number one, Tyler Lockett, number two, Calvin Ridley, number three, DK Metcalf, number four, DeAndre Hopkins, number five, Tyreek Hill, six is Stefan Diggs, seven, Devontae Adams, eight, Tyler Boyd, nine, Allen Robinson, ten, Amari Cooper, eleven, Robbie Anderson, and twelve, Robert Woods. So what is your surprise here? All right, so for my surprise, wide receiver, I'm looking at Tyler Boyd. That that pops out. Being a Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver and having a rookie quarterback coming in, that's surprising to be up in that top 10. What really helped him out was the 54 receptions he had. He is three under DeAndre Hopkins, who's at number one for receptions. So that's awesome. He's getting the looks. But the only thing that's lacking is the three TDs. He has 580 yards. So he's he's up there. He's probably mid to lower top tens for the yardage but if he gets some more touchdowns he'll definitely secure this top 10 so that that surprised me just being on that team with so i like the look of tyler boy being up there it just it surprised me yeah i think coming into the season when you looked at that Bengals offense 
you obviously didn't know what Joe Burrow was going to bring to the table, and it turns out to be great. We mentioned him as the QB 12 right now, and at the same time, you looked at the wide receiving core there in Cincinnati, and A.J. Green was looking good preseason. You know, he was looking at as a return to potentially the leading receiver on that team, and it just hasn't quite panned out. So Tyler Boyd able to kind of take the reins of that offense at wide receiver and really jump in and uh, take advantage of Joe Burrow being a really great rookie quarterback and it's paid off for him. He's wide receiver eight so far. So definitely a surprise. Uh, I didn't have Tyler Boyd anywhere near top 12 going into the season. So my surprise is going to be looking at that top three, two of the top three wide receivers. You heard it. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, both, of the Seattle Seahawks. So having both of those guys in the top 12, let alone the top three is insane. That's definitely a surprise. I would have never expected. I know KJ had Russell Wilson as his number one QB coming into the year, but Russell Wilson was not somebody in my eyes that I expected to see have a number one season. I had him, I think I had him lower in my top 10 somewhere, but At the same time, these two guys have just caught a tremendous amount of passes, scored a tremendous amount of fantasy points. Tyler Lockett was helped out a little bit by two weeks ago when he scored 53 fantasy points when he caught 15 passes for 200 yards and three touchdowns against the Arizona Cardinals. DK Metcalf has been a lot more consistent as far as scoring goes. He's scored in five of seven games this year for Seattle and has seen double-digit targets twice. He had a 40-point game against San Francisco last week, 12 catches, 161 yards, two touchdowns. Man, these guys, they're impressive, and I'm very surprised by what they've been able to do, and I think they can keep it up. Yeah, no, it it surprises me too, even though I had Russell Wilson as my number one QB. He has to get there somehow, so... I, pre- I want to say I, I saw this coming, but no, I, I really didn't. I knew Tyler Lockett would probably make that top 10 with uh, the red zone looks he always gets from Wilson, and he ends up get he's like a Cooper Cup in your eyes. He, he does get a lot of touchdowns on the team. He usually leads, he's usually in the top five for touchdowns for wide receivers. But DK Metcalf, I know it's his second year, and it, <laughs> I knew he was going to be a good player, but I just didn't think it was going to blow up this year like that. I was kind of thinking it was going to be next year. But it's it's great to see those two guys up there. Yeah, definitely. I think in the preseason, you thought uh, Greg Olson was going to get most of the looks from Russell Wilson. That's why you had Russell Wilson as QB1, right? Oh, that's that's exactly <laughs> it. You know, he's still, he's still working his way up to the top 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So uh, what about your prediction here, KJ, for the top 12? If you look at it, I think you guys could probably see, or since he read it off, Julio Jones is not there, okay? And my projection for him is to be in this top 10 or top 12. He's missed two games this season, I understand that. But averaging in the last three games, he's averaged 123 yards, eight catches. Three games this season, he had 17 points with no touchdowns. So he has the workload, and... The touchdowns are just extra goodies, extra candy for him. It just it's fancy points for us. So he does the work without the touchdown. So if he can easily swipe a touchdown in a game or every other game, he he's he's gonna be in this top ten. 
he's going to move up pretty quick, especially with uh, uh, Atlanta Falcons being a pass-heavy offense. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think he could probably bounce into that top 12 no problem as long as he can stay healthy. That's been his biggest problem this season, missing two games. And he does still have the bye in week 10, so he'll have another week off there. But yeah, I think the potential is definitely there for Julio Jones. And I have a similar prediction here. I also picked somebody on the outside looking in, and mine is Keenan Allen. I have Keenan Allen bouncing back into the top 12. Uh, sorry, I actually have him in his top 10. I think Keenan Allen top 10. Currently, he is the wide receiver 14 on the season. So he can pass a couple guys here. I think we mentioned how good Joe Burrow has, or sorry, Justin Herbert has been lately for the Los Angeles offense. And the main beneficiary of that has been Keenan Allen. Allen has seen double-digit targets in five of seven games this year. He's already had his bye, so he'll be playing games uh, the rest of the season here. And I mentioned the schedule for the Chargers coming up. You got Miami, you got the Jets, you got New England, you have Atlanta. All teams that I think you can take advantage of through the air. You know, somebody of the caliber of Keenan Allen, I think he will take advantage as long as Herbert stays hot, which I think he will, and I think it's going to help lead Keenan Allen into that top 10 by the end of the year. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think uh, having Herbert coming in hot like he has been, and plus the schedule, it's looking good for him. I also had him on my projection predictions as well after Julio Jones, so I like the look, and I agree with it. All right, so we'll go ahead and move to tight end here, our last positional group and our top 12 tight ends currently in points scored number one Travis Kelsey number two Darren Waller number three George Kittle number four TJ Hawkinson number five Robert Tunyon number six Hayden Hurst seven Mark Andrews eight Johnu Smith nine Jimmy Graham ten Rob Gronkowski eleven Dalton Schultz and twelve Noah Fant so KJ your biggest surprise of the tight end group my biggest surprise right now is Hayden Hurst. <laughs> and the only reason he's a surprise is, you know what? He's ahead of Mark <laughs> Andrews. <laughs> no, he's averaging six targets per game. That's really good for a tight end right now. Last three games, he's caught 15 of his 18 targets. So he's making every opportunity count. And like I was saying with Julio Jones, being on that pass-heavy offense, a touchdown is a cherry on the top. So it just gives him that extra boost. It really didn't surprise me. Um, it just more, like I said, surprised me because he's beaten Mark Andrews, but he definitely will finish in the top top six. Yeah, I don't have much to add on Hayden Hurst, really. I don't have that much to say about him. He's You're right. He's been taking advantage of his opportunities here lately with the receiving core of Atlanta a little banged up. You know, one week it's Julio Jones is a little bit hurt, and then one week Calvin Ridley is a little bit hurt, and then – one week, Russell Gage is a little bit hurt. So he's he's just been able to fill in for that guy that's been missing, and he's taken advantage of his opportunities right now. He does have a bye coming up, but I I don't know. I, I guess if you can stay healthy for the whole season as a tight end, you can probably finish as a top 12 tight end in fantasy. It's just a very volatile position year to year. Mm-hmm. That's true. So go to my surprise here is going to be the resurgence of Jimmy Graham. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jimmy Graham is a startable tight end again. 
currently sitting at tight end nine. He has had a couple games this year where he's been a double digit scorer, three of them to be exact weeks one, three and five, all double digit fantasy points. He has three games with at least five catches. He's seen a ton of targets. He's uh, seen 49 targets this year in eight games, averaging 9.7 fantasy points per game. So you can't really ask for much more from a tight end. If you're getting around that nine to 10 points, that's really what I'm looking for when I play a tight end week to week, especially if I don't have one of the top guys. Like I'm talking, if I don't have Kittle, if I don't have Kelsey, if I don't have Waller, then what I'm looking for is that eight to 10 points and anything over that is, is just extra. So he's been giving you that every week. And you know, last week was a little bit rough, only two for 13, but he had seven targets in that game. So Jimmy Graham, very surprising that he's been able to come on, especially in an offense like the Chicago bears. They don't have that grade of quarterback. Nick Foles has, has not been great. And before that Mitchell Trubisky obviously wasn't very good. He got benched. So yeah, Jimmy Graham, definitely a big surprise for me. And I like seeing him be able to bounce back and get into that top 12 and be a, a relevant tight end in fantasy. All right, so go ahead and give us your prediction for the tight ends. Prediction. I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski on this one. Okay, like I said in a couple episodes ago, OJ Howard went down, right? That opened the doorway for Gronk. Him and his boy Tom Brady are going to get back to the way they were. I'm not saying 100%, but hey, in the last three games, Gronk has had a touchdown in the last three games. He's had 181 yards. 14 receptions, and 20 targets. And this is all since OJ was has been hurt. So I think it's starting to get back to the way things were, just not as uh, strong. But with Antonio Brown coming in, it could be it could be thrown in the mix. But I, I like the looks of Rob Gronkowski making it to the top seven of tight ends even further. Yeah, I kind of agree with this one KJ if you would have asked me this maybe week three or four I would have said there's no way in hell that <laughs> Rob Gronkowski has anything left in the tank it seemed like it took him a few weeks to kind of get his playing legs back under him get back in football shape because the last three weeks he's looked really good eight targets in two of the last three you mentioned a three game touchdown streak yeah he, double digit fantasy points in three straight games is huge you look at the upcoming schedule, Minnesota, Atlanta twice, Detroit. The opportunity is definitely there for Rob Gronkowski to finish well above where he's at now, which is number 10. Uh, I could see him definitely climbing up to at least seven. So I'll go ahead and get to my tight end prediction. And I don't know, I just felt like I hadn't quite been bold enough up to this point. So I went for a little bit of a stretch, but I think it, I really do think it can happen. And I have Noah Fant. Currently, we mentioned the tight end 12. I have him finishing as a top three tight end option this year. And hear me out. Noah Fant is right now only 10 fantasy points behind Robert Tanyan, who is currently the tight end five. So once again, Noah Fant only 10 points behind the tight end five. Then once he gets to tight end five, which I feel like can happen relatively soon, he George Kittle is still ahead right now he's QB or he's a tight end three right now so he's going to be dropping down so that's another easy guy to pass so that puts him at tight end four 
And then he's just got to get past somebody like TJ Hawkinson or Hayden Hurst or maybe Mark Andrews if if Lamar Jackson starts doing anything. I just I have a good feeling about him being able to get to that three spot. Right now it's Travis Kelsey is the best guy to have. Darren Waller is not far behind. And then after that, it's just a total crapshoot, in my opinion, for who's going to get that tight end three spot. Yeah, they're all clustered together in points, so it's it's possible. It- yeah, so why not Fant? Why not Fant? He's looking good. He's a top 12 tight end, and he's already missed a game. This He missed one game this year, also already had his bye. So he's only played in six games up to this point, and he's currently the tight end 12 Atlanta this week, uh, Las Vegas on the schedule, Miami on the schedule, Carolina on the schedule. I think it's possible, and the way that he's been looking, especially when Drew Locke is at quarterback, you look at the first two weeks of the season, he scored, he had double-digit fantasy points, and then Locke returns a couple weeks ago, and last week against Chargers, 7 for 47 on 9 targets. I think Noah Fant is a guy that you definitely have to look out for to finish Definitely in the top five. I'm going to put him as this year's tight end three is my prediction. You know, I'll give you that. That's pretty bold, but I'm not going to go along with it. <laughs> I'm going to say he's going to be around the the top eight, just right there, seven, eight, nine, maybe six, pushing it. Um, but we'll see. Hey, we'll see how it goes. That's right. All right, guys, so that's going to do it for us today. Next week, make sure to listen in while we're, where we will review Week 9. We'll preview Week 10. We'll try to figure out some more games or some more uh, good stuff to cover with you guys. If you have any suggestions, make sure to let us know. Reach out to us on any social media. We'll try to uh, cater the show to the fans a little bit. We want to know what you want to hear uh, so we can talk about it and we can get you guys to stick around and keep listening to this fantastic show that we love so much to record every wednesday night so once again make sure to check out our twitter and our instagram at flex spot podcast our youtube channel at the flex spot podcast to get exclusive members only content you can join our patreon for five dollars a month as always you can listen to our show on apple podcast spotify stitcher and most major podcast platforms please make sure to subscribe share and rate us five stars Make sure you want to get notified when these podcasts come out every Thursday. We're getting close to those fantasy playoffs. You don't want to miss an episode. You got to get in here and listen and get this fantasy advice that's going to get you where you want to go. So, KJ, I guess we'll see you next week. See you later, guys. Bye.